Howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips. Hey, it's Scott Lips, and welcome back to another episode of Spin Magazine's Lip Service. Our guests today are their charismatic new pop-punk band, Beauty School Dropout, who released their album, We Made Plans, and God Laughed this past August. They described their music as if Elvis Presley and Sid Vicious got in a fight and had a baby. If you look at the recent success of the return of Blink-182, pop-punk very well might be headed towards a huge revival, and these guys might be the guys just to be at the forefront of this genre at the moment. I got a chance to meet and hang out with these guys not too long ago. Haven't spent too much time with them, but they are hysterical, and the record is great. It's chock full of super catchy songs. Welcoming to the show in just a moment, Beepus, Bardo, and Coley of Beauty School Dropout. You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips. Our show today is brought to you by the fine folks at Thursday's Boot Company. You guys have seen me rocking these boots in every other picture I have on Instagram. I'm always repping them. Thursday's Boots is a bootstrap startup that makes the best handcrafted boots and sells them direct to consumer at some of the lowest markups in the footwear industry. Thursday's Boots tagline is highest quality, honest prices because they use some of the best materials like full grain leather, supple glove leather lining, and gold standard Goodyear welt construction. Thursday's Boot Company sells their boots at prices starting at just $149 with free shipping and returns. They've been featured in all the best fashion press, from Esquire to GQ to Cosmo and Vogue. More importantly, they've gotten over 20,000 five-star reviews from real customers. Thursday's boots are perfect for people who understand quality and don't want to pay a high retail markup for a great-looking pair of boots that are built to last. So check them out, at Thursday's Boots on Instagram. My favorite shoes, my favorite boots. You always see me repping them. You'll love it. You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips. Welcoming to the show, the boys in Beauty School Dropout. How are you guys? Excellent. So good. How are you? Beepus, Coley, and Bardo. Yes, sir. Doing great. I'm doing great. Great to see you guys. You made a great record, by the way. Thank, Thank you so we much. We made plans. God laughed. I, I want to get into your history, the record. The, the record is like chock full of amazing songs, by Thank the way. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I love it. And I spent some time with it recently. Talk to me about how you all met, how it started, what you listened to growing up musically. Yeah, I was like scrolling on Grinder one day, and I found these <laughs> two beautiful young lads, and I was like, "Oh!" And I said yes immediately. Great. Yeah, Bardo was a little bit of a fight. I'd but be, I'd be, you know, coerced. Yeah, <laughs> I was into it though. No, no coercion. No, Just, no. You know, assistant yeah. kisses. Because it's hard to imagine that your first show was like 2021. You've actually only been doing shows together for a couple of years, right? Yeah, yeah, as of oh, I think what like May last year. That was when we started our, playing shows officially? Yeah, 2021, yeah. Our little underground, post-COVID, definitely should not have been doing that legally, but we did. <laughs> yeah, <Nice. it's, laughs> we, we did it at a vintage resale, resale shop. That was your first show. Yeah. yeah. And Amazing. It was shout like out Haven House. Shout out Haven House. It was like flooded with alcohol by the end of our set. Like their dressing rooms, literally it was like a swamp. Amazing. I had just gotten over COVID too, and I still had like an extended cough, and so I like right before the show downed a whole bunch of cough medicine thinking it would like help me but then it just made me like terribly <laughs> ill pretty much going into the show and so it was yeah it was a nightmare well i love the story Cully. when you were like four you said to your dad i gotta become famous right and at four years old you did you, you don't know your plan in life but you knew right away what you wanted to do right yeah i suppose i've always kind of felt i had a destiny a little bit or just a fully i don't know maybe i just decided early on i had an intention but i was kind of bred into it like my dad loved rock and roll and like from the womb i was almost named stevie ray Amazing. Or Eddie Van. And then my mom was like, Rich, you're a fucking idiot. But all your dads are friends. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Now they we, are. We call them the DILF squad. <laughs> they have a group chat. <laughs> they do. Yeah, it's the DILF squad. And I, I saw I saw an interview with them all, and they were all talking about how proud they were of you and all their influences and how they were bringing you to see like bands early on. And then you became friends with the bands. Mm-hmm. And so they must be super proud of where you're at, and they see you like living the dream. Did they ever play music themselves? My dad had bands. Yeah. My dad was a dancer. 
He still like a, is like a, a stripper. He's rhythmic, I would say. Not okay. necessarily musical, but okay. rhythmic. Yeah. When you say a dancer. He just he loves improvisational dance. Okay. And and you just you'll meet PJ at some point. He'll just appear. <laughs> he was actually at the, the, the Christmas party. Oh he was, okay. Yeah, he was the guy in the giant fur pimp coat. <laughs> yeah, that's glasses. true. Well he didn't does he dance for a living or he just No, dances? he just for for fun and okay. he just you know He had some pretty sizable performances though. He was telling me about what he did something at the like Red Rock Amphitheater where he danced with uh, Yeah, he he's just friends with a bunch of DJs and they just bring him out on and he just flops around and he just he's shenanigans. He's a bur- he's a burning man guy. He just loves Doctor Shenanigans. He's Doctor Shenanigans. He's our vibe curator. I love it. Um, so at a certain point you meet and actually you were like a five piece early on. So talk to me about how the band went from being the five piece, how you all met besides Grinder, because maybe you met on Grinder. <laughs> maybe you didn't. Uh, yeah, I mean the so we met. Well, technically we met our drummer first. Um, we found him. I used to be in a project called Strange Faces. We needed a drummer about eight weeks out before we were going on tour, and he needed a lockout. And so he took advantage of the fact that we had a lockout, and we just fell in love immediately. So I ended up cherry picking him. I joined that band too. Yeah. Later down the line. So that's how how you guys meet. (laughs) The real story is. Cole hit up my ex-girlfriend to hang in the DMs, right? In the DMs to hang out, and then (laughs) she was like, "Can I bring my boyfriend?" And that was me. And look who's still in love. We made it. We got married. Um, so it's interesting. Like she was like, "Hey, you know, I'm gonna bring my boyfriend." And were you like, "I want to still meet you," or were you like, "Maybe this sounds like a bad idea. No, I'm gonna get punched like, in the face or something." I was like, "Yeah, for sure, let's do it." Because uh, to be honest, it all started because I was interested in one of her friends, and so I was like, "Oh, I just was like, I don't know, I want to be familiar with the crew." That's yeah. a crazy plan to get to a girl, hit up her friend, <laughs> and hang out with her friend's boyfriend to then get to the friend. But also genius. It's yeah, like funny. Mission Impossible. It, well, it, I mean, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. It, but also, I was, yeah, I don't know. I had good intentions. Like, there was never, like, anything weird about it. I just wanted... Now you got a for lifer out of it. Yeah, totally. That was the best my... DM slide ever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and early on, Cole, you were, like, writing for other artists. And Barta, you were producing. I think Beepish, you've been in punk bands a lot, right? Yeah, I've just been doing the band thing my whole life. Yeah, yeah. we've all kind of had bands. I used to write for, like one of my good friends Gavin Haley and then like Highly Suspect some other groups sure. and then, like when we met he was already producing for a ton of artists as well and we kind of all got in the room and it clicked it was just immediate magic and then you decided to live together sleep in one bed and yeah. the rest is yeah. history yeah, yeah you know here we are <laughs> to sli- slightly backtrack we like first our first show was supposed to be South By and then COVID happened and so we were a five piece and then when you're locked in a house and all these tight quarters for so long you go through trials and tribulations a lot faster and we just found what worked for us. And at some point, the other guitar player just didn't work out because you figured it was easier to be a three-piece. And even though the drummer is sort of a part of the band, you're the forward-facing, you know. Yeah. I We had a good conversation about it recently that was like we got to kind of spill all our beans and, you know, talk about how we felt on it because I think we had very different takes on the situation. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's all love. There's no, like, disrespect or anything. It's just like I think that is kind of one way or another i think of what would have ended up being what it is now mm. you know it's, it's funny uh, he's an incredibly talented guitarist and, and producer this, and, and producer yeah and and he's like doing massive shit now and and he, it's kind of funny he we talked about recently and he said he's like you know this is something that i i've seen it now and i realized that wasn't even my vision from the beginning like he's like i understand now after seeing where you guys are at and like what you guys are doing like that wasn't what i wanted to be a part of and but also this is probably the fate and destiny of the band because it turned out this is working for you yeah yeah totally and i i think more so where it was a it was a weird thing it was just it's always the issue of, of friendship and and brotherhood and business and it's like well, how do you juggle those things and it's just it's life it's a weird weird game we play so yeah. it's also really hard to get five people to sleep in one bed yes yeah yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, it's only a full it's not well, even a queen used, size well, we used yeah. to have bunk beds <laughs> right okay actually we that's an actual fact there was this was there was like, like early days of the house yeah we used to have like five people in our spot it was ridiculous <laughs> both rooms had two bunk beds in each and we were all like it was like full camp style 
Amazing. So talking about Erlan, I actually saw this great video, a really funny video. I love the content that you do. It's funny that you almost need like a content person these days. I know like the Struts and I are friends and they have a guy that just follows them around doing content all day long. But you did this great video about looking for like a sugar mommy and you're oh, yeah. looking for a house in the hills. And you're we're, like, we're still looking. We're, we're still looking. <laughs> still looking. So, you know, still looking. That one took didn't out work an out. ad. I mean, I mean, do you, you did actually, you do still live together, right? Yes. Yes, we do. And how is that going? I mean, tell, I mean, you get along famously well. You can tell that you get along incredibly well. So, talking about living together, and even that video was that it was sort of like a joke, but maybe it wasn't a joke. It was like in it was a half baked joke. I mean, I think like <laughs> everything we put out is kind of us on spot, just being like, okay, how stupid can we be right now? And then we're like, ah, this stupid, perfect, and then we run with it, you know. Um, as far as living together, I mean, I think we can all chime in on that, but like, I fucking love these boys till the day I die. And I think we, obviously there's always ups and downs. It's a marriage, but with three people instead of two. And so to, uh, like be able to grow together instead of growing apart has been a really cool thing. And I think we do a really good job of communicating and exploring each other's like, you know, strengths and weaknesses and, and G spots. Yes. <laughs> and early on musically, we were, were your dads into the same kind of music because you were kind of into like grunge, right? And the rest of you guys were into like pop punk. I think I know Blink obviously will get into the, the Pete Wentz and the Mark oh, yeah. connection to the band. But early on, I feel like grunge was something that you were into. Maybe you weren't into that as much, right? We have like a, a, a nice little spectrum of where we came from, like Coley's grunge and like hardcore and like just like that kind of like the heaviest of the three of us and then i'm like the next dialed back but like blink but i also like post hardcore and stuff and some metal and then bardo gets the softest i just listen to folk music all day but <laughs> but growing up but growing up you like listen to like more like indie rock yeah i was indie rock like, like strokes and types cage stuff, elephant like. like arcade fire that kind of stuff yeah. we all come from rock the wiggles the wiggles yeah fruit salad that's the best song ever yeah insane but yeah Such that well i think the spectrum helps because like we all want to go like heavier or like pull all of our influences and then we found our sound essentially because this record i feel like you really honed in to your sound mm -hmm. and along the way you meet mark hoppus from blink of course. oh he yes who so we were just chatting about a minute ago and so how did you come to meet them all sherry Sher scheherazade our fire breather mom who just absolutely knocks down doors for us uh we met at the nice guy once upon a time so great spot by the way yeah it was pretty mm -hmm. cool yeah. it was so funny it was like literally it was us we met this woman sherry nick our manager kind of was i think knew she was on the hunt for a group and so he invited us to watch one of his other artists perform there we play and it's literally like us and then Bruno Mars and who was it? Anderson Pack sitting like at, right at the booth us. behind us, like right. unplanned. And we're like, that's just them hanging alone. Yeah. No, no one else. Just they're just hanging out, having a bro night. And we're having a bro night. And we're like, okay, this is it's fate. Bro nights. Yes. <laughs> so and she brought Mark and she brought Pete. She didn't even bring no, them there. Our, our manager kind of cupided us because he, he just kind of put us next to each other and we start chatting. And she's like, okay, well, I want to hear your stuff. And I guess it got sent to her. And then at the time, this label that they were forming, Verse Wire, they were looking for a, a their first band to sign, and they had a bunch of different options. And the story goes, there's an email thread where all these there's like 30 bands or something that like are on this email thread with Mark and Pete, and there's like what are the what's the sauce? And they're like Beauty School Dropout is the sauce. Both of them, both yeah, of them. The said email that. thread was so dope though. Getting it back was such a, a sick affirmation because it was literally like a thread with Pete Wentz, and it's like a list of 30 bands, and the only response was. Beauty school dropout's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that was it. That was literally yeah. the whole email back was just Beauty School Dropout's pretty cool of like this, you know, whatever massive list of acts that they were looking at. And so that was like Drake was on there, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Drake. We got picked over Drake. Yeah. Supposedly Mark like discovered Drake or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah I heard yeah. that too. Strange. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is that do you think that's a thing? Did he Factual. really discover Drake? Yeah, yeah, he did. Are there like amazing Blink stories that Mark has told you over the years? Oh, oh yeah. the best. So yeah. When you go tell Mark what your favorite song is and he goes that's actually my least favorite one. And I'm like, <laughs> nice. Or their LLC is like, what, pee-pee-poo-poo pee poo poo LLC. Yeah. They wanted to make their lawyers say pee-pee-poo-poo. -poo. And, and they literally had to go to <laughs> yeah. court and stand by it. Yeah, Amazing. Insane. I love when you're doing this record, you keep trying to slide in like the Blink riffs in there and to see if like Mark noticed when you're in the studio. Oh, right? I, that's my favorite thing to do. Yeah. I like just playing them and see. And Beavis then... is a Blink-182 jukebox. He can, oh, play, every I can play every song, song front wild. to back. Un I'm not ashamed of this, but they're my favorite band of all time. And 
Mark knows for sure. But uh, <laughs> I, a, oh wait, no, go. I just, I just, I get so giddy. I like still haven't gotten over it. I love that man so much. And I'm so honored to have been able to work with him in this capacity. So it's just like childhood dreams fulfilled to the maximum level. And he actually hadn't done a gig for I think a couple of years until he played with you recently, right at the Moroccan Lounge. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. We and were. He, yeah, we had no idea. We just like, he's like, oh, like, okay, yeah, you're going to come pull up and do the song with us. And then like 10 minutes before we go on, he's like, yeah, this is my first gig in two years. I'm like, oh, oh okay. Had you known that he was going through cancer and what he was going through? Oh, yeah. Like, okay. he yeah, was pretty honest with you with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually got signed as he was like finishing up his like, I don't know the correct terms, but like he was getting his like final checkups to make sure he was actually good. Mm. And so like when we first met him, we had to be like super careful and conscious and like making sure that we were healthy and going around. Oh, yeah, I mean, gonna... I, I feel like COVID was probably around you at some point, yeah. given that you were out and about, right? And so you, you got to be especially careful on living together. I'm sure you're always in these, like, party scenarios, right? Oh, yeah, so, COVID loves us. Yeah. yeah. Well, COVID, in a way, it's strange because for a lot of people, it obviously wasn't a, a period of time when people were thriving, but I feel like for you as a band, mm -hmm. you got to really hunker down and get into the songwriting and work on this record. So in a way certainly not a blessing for anyone in the world but for you as as you know from an artistic standpoint i guess it wasn't a bad thing right it was a great silver lining for yeah. sure yeah. it really yeah. kicked our ass in an amazing way we and we learned who we are for mm -hmm. sure sonically and i think just aesthetically and and friendshiply friendshiply and sexually <laughs> and i feel like it almost impacted more of like the development outside of the music beat sides like everything besides the music because i mean i don't know when we're in our writing modes we kind of just haul ass like every single day we lock in and we just bust out new material as like prolifically as we possibly can and then whatever we turn pivot and start focusing more on aesthetics and all the assets that are going to support that right but um yeah when we were in covid i feel like that was a great opportunity for us to learn mostly about our business mm. and like how we wanted to operate i think that was a big contributing factor to where we are now because like when we started this it was like yeah we're a band <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that and was and we're like we're gonna meet up and play music and you're like oh that doesn't really do shit as far as like you know getting signed and like leveraging yourself into bigger plays and doing all that so well take it back a little bit because you were mentioning south by southwest so the pandemic hits you're actually supposed to be playing there and obviously everything went to hell right and yeah. then what kind of transpired at that point you sort of you along the way at that point you meet mark and pete uh well that was we met mark and pete uh february Literally of last a, year yeah, a year ago yeah, yeah so we're just coming up on a year of being signed and for during the quarantine era like it was just like so much writing so much just like bunkering down like we figured out like our sauce on tiktok like mm. doing covers like really worked for us in the early days and like it was kind of all that stuff like how to market ourselves online because there's no other option and i think we always knew that live was going to be our bread and butter which it is that's like where we thrive the most our superpower our superpower yeah yeah, yeah. Well, talk to me about that because TikTok has become a big part of the strategy, right? Early on, you're doing covers of like Little Nas X mm -hmm. and Drake and all these songs that you wouldn't necessarily expect you guys to do. Because I love the fact that you're bringing like danger back to rock and roll, or you want to bring danger back, oh, right? Because yeah. I don't hang out with you enough to know you're bringing danger back, <laughs> other than the videos I see. <laughs> but I feel like conceptually, like we need that again in music, right? Because mm -hmm. if you look at from, I was just showing you a picture of when I was playing music out here years ago from the Guns N' Roses era, and I always feel like there needs to be a band that takes their place and carries the torch. I know you're sort of from that more of the Blink generation, but I feel like the danger when Guns N' Roses was around years ago doesn't really exist anymore in rock and roll. It It'd got great safe. To, yeah, it got very yeah. safe. It'd be great to sort of bring it back in a way. Is that something that you feel like you want to bring back to music, that element of danger a little bit? 100%. Yeah, absolutely. But also I think we just like inherently do it. We're all kind of stupid and fucked up. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think the danger aspect is beyond just being dangerous like you can it's beyond the, the music side of things yeah you know? i mean you can you can make I and mean, we can make an edm song right now and it's like how we go about doing that is is the danger side i think people just have gotten safe and like want to adhere to what everyone else is doing i think we always strive to like how can we be different how can we iterate how can we be beat ourselves every time and just do it in the coolest most interesting way possible and i think 
that's where the danger thing comes I can't in. Wait you know, we're putting pop songs out and old dads are like, they're not fucking dangerous. And this we'll is rock and roll. Well, it's funny because as long as you're like eliciting a response, good or bad, people are talking, right? Exactly. And yeah, I, I kind of heard one of you talking the other day. You kind of wish people were talking shit about the band just to yeah. elicit some response, right? Yeah. You don't even mind as long as people are talking. Mm. So at this point, I think people are talking. Yeah. And was do you feel like TikTok was one of the first things that got people really interested in the band early on? For sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a huge explosion that actually happened like for our initial jump. Like they just the we were only doing Drake covers until one popped off and that was our whole mantra was only Drake and it <laughs> worked 24 7 of Drake covers it took yeah. like three covers and then <laughs> but, but we, did, we ended up doing like yeah. 10 Drake covers yeah. we and still I we still I mean beep us you know I don't like Drake but me and, me and college <laughs> love Drake, love Drake. <laughs> so that's so Drake. funny so so ultimately you feel like this was like the right strategy for you doing that and at a certain point I think you were actually homeless too right Coley <laughs> Yes, <laughs> for a year and a half. But it wasn't like tent homeless. It was just like whatever better couch I landed in that night homeless. And that was before the band was together early on. Yeah, so I pretty much like I had moved up here. I went to school for like eight weeks, dropped out, and that whole next year and a half. We went on tour for about a month, so that was like a month of that year and a half. But then following that, I mean, I had no money and no real I was naively stupid and refused to get a job that was real. I was like, no, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. And I did that, you know, for so for a year and a half. It was just like a lot of freelancing, a lot of I used to work with Winston House. So I was co-producing events for them for years uh, back when it was still just a house in Venice. And that was honestly where I would kind of like sneak in to stay a lot <laughs> in the kitchen. Sorry, or Corey. Something. Yeah. Just like the dingiest, grossest little cum couch you've ever seen. Oh, that, was my, <laughs> that was my bad. It's got to so, put uh, things in perspective now, though, like having this, some success that you're having, right? Yeah, hundred percent. I'm never gonna fucking do that again. But also, it makes touring really easy because I'm like, oh wow, a whole row in a van. This is yeah. sick. Fire. We we, like, we love touring. Tourings are yeah. like are, we we get along great on the road, which is awesome. I think a lot of bands have that issue, and we like, we I feel like we're like a like a SWAT team unit or something. We're like going into the mission every day, and like, what do we got to do? We all have our own little role. I think yeah. our sauce is though. We're really good at kissing and making up, no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Like actually, because my favorite tour story from the last tour was <laughs> we were in Ohio, <laughs> and we pull up to this farmers market, and Bardo and I get in a full on fist fight, and I'm like punching him in the head, and he's like putting me in a chokehold, and it's just. And over what, by the way? What are you fighting over? Uh, he flicked, like uh, he, vegetables or something? No, he, he tried to flick me in the um, downstairs region, and uh, <laughs> then I tried to hit him back, and then it just accelerated to a full-on brawl in the parking lot. And then we, like, two seconds later, we're like, I'm sorry, did I actually hurt you? I love you. <laughs> and, we just, and we just walked away together, and everyone else in the group was like, what the fuck just happened? Like It was crazy. And then with the whole, they were like, cool, let's go get some coffee. And just spent the rest of the day together. Because <laughs> the idea of getting a fight at the farmer's market doesn't sound that dangerous when you think about the vegetables, the fruits <laughs> yeah. over there. But ultimately, I guess, you found something to fight about. It's funny. Yeah. But I think it, it just I, there's always tensions and things, and it's like emotions. But I think we're good at like communicating, and, and like even when things get tense, like, okay, we we are married, you know yeah. what I mean? And we accept that and just like, we gotta work past it. Stay together for the kids. Exactly. Yeah, most yeah. bands, if they're on the road, especially in like you're touring in a van, you do not want to live together when you're off the road. You're like, the last person I want to see is these guys, but it's actually the opposite with you. Yeah, we love each yeah. other. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. We, it's like, <laughs> when we get home from two months of touring and we walk into our rooms and we're like, all right, night boys, love you. <laughs> it's just like, we're all in the same house still. We live eat, breathe, shit this whole fucking culture. It's our life. So. Is there some truth that you actually sleep in the same bed together? Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it depends. On days that end with why. Well, on on tour, we were like, falling on a budget. One hotel room, five people. Yeah. Every night. Mm -hmm. So everyone shared a bed. I did that for a while, and it's funny because people think that touring is so glamorous, and then they see the pictures of like five guys or four guys sleeping in a bed at the Motel Six. It's not as glamorous as you think it is. It's oh, yeah. so <laughs> not. Our life, at least, is so not glamorous. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> We're really good at making it look glamorous, though. Which is really funny to like try and explain to new partners when they're coming in and they're like all wooed by all this shit they see or like the things that we do, and then you're like, no, like, like we do it. Yes, but in terms of like our interests and you know where where our lives actually are, it's like we're still 
definitely in the twigs like oh yeah yeah climb our way out are you constantly creating music in the house or do you have to set aside time to write or is it just like you wake up and someone has a riff or an idea or i think coley's always coming up with riffs and shit he's like the idea guy but i think we really do set aside time to write because there's also so many other things we got to do like i mean i also produce for other people bebus is like doing a bunch of like stuff with his brand and then coley just does like tattoos and stuff like that and then like we all we all do stuff with other people as well, so it's just we definitely set aside time for it. But the ideas are kind of just always happening. We just voice memo everything all the time. We're like a song a day band. Yeah, like I we really that. do write a song a day, damn near. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, this new record is great. We were just talking about it a little bit. So talk to me about a little bit how it came together. You work with Andrew Goldstein on the record. Mm-hmm. I feel like you work with a lot of your heroes, yeah. your icons, people oh, yeah. that you looked up to, and so. I mean, I feel like it definitely has a much more direction. The other stuff was great, but this record, it really came together, for yeah. me at least. Yeah. yeah, I feel the same. I I think like what happened was we signed and like literally the day after we signed, they're like, cool, sessions. sessions, let's go, let's get an album done. And so we're like, cool. So we were just writing like five, six days a week with all these cool people, Dan Book, Andrew Goldstein, um, Alex Gasgarth. Like it was just Mark. like... Mark wrote with us a bunch on the first project um, and then ended up featuring on Almost Famous, which was super cool. But yeah, it was just like this, like, let's go. And so we just like really dived in and writing was our only focus for like two months, which was super cool. Like, that's all I think we wanted to do. And how many songs did you ultimately record for this record? Uh, Probably at least 20 to 30. So yeah. were, were any of those songs maybe carry on to the new record? It's all going to be new yeah, stuff. Yeah, there's some... <clears throat> there's some more this new stuff that we're working on yeah our catalog is crazy it's hard because we make so much music and yeah. we love so much of it that like having to take this step back and be disconnected and look at it from a standpoint of like okay what is the most universally palatable versus just like what we like you know and having to accept like okay do we we talked about this on the way over here like do we want to be like a punk rock band or do we want to be the biggest band in the world right which is like a you know kind of a hard pill to swallow especially when you're not really like in your bag yet and so you know trying to be conscientious of those decisions but leaning towards biggest band in the world yeah. so you know there's going to be a lot of I think we're always it's kind of going off of what you just said like and literally on the conversation we had in the car over here is like and the danger piece I'm tying it all together right now this is beautiful <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're a producer. This is a producer. Yeah. The I think it's it's how we approach being the biggest band in the world is what mm-hmm. matters. Is like we're always going to do that in a way that's authentic to us, and we're going to fucking kick down doors and piss people off the entire time. But our music is going to be undeniable, and our shows are always going to be better than yours. So we will be the biggest band in the world and still do it like a fucking punk rock band. Yeah, that's the goal. It's interesting because there is an appetite for this kind of music and rock and roll in Europe that there's not for in America. I feel like rock and roll in America, if you look at the lineup of Coachella, there's no rock music at all. It's it's actually really disappointing. I mean, I used to love going to Coachella, but the lineups were Rage Against the Machine and this one. And now it's like there's not a rock artist in sight. I shared it. I was like, I'm simply going for Knock Loose. Yeah, Knock Loose is playing Sunday. And I'm just like, yeah, I kind of want to go for that. I think that's the big thing that we're missing is like the danger thing you're talking about. It's like people go to these shows and it's like they're missing the 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 tenacity of these bands yeah. and you know what i mean and i think that's something we've always been it's like we're always trying to and there's a couple bands that like we still look up like fever is a band that we they kick our ass live you know and bring me is like another band that like okay but it's like our goal is like we want to be the best live show that we can fucking possibly be and it's like we kind of take it like a sports team in a way yeah like we watch ourselves back and like like we watch tape and like we also like totally condition for our tours and like we like yeah we train swims every day yeah. i'm in the gym every day like Beepus is is uh I I work out now. Yes, he's, he's <laughs> yeah. cycling. He's cycling. I he's, Peloton a he's lot. A, he's a. I got one too. I love it. I love it. He's gonna be the one that in like ten years is doing giant fucking triathlons and he's like fully. <laughs> Definitely ripped. not. Oh yeah. No 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 triathlons. <laughs> no. Just Peloton races. <laughs> it's crazy though because he doesn't sweat. He like. I, I don't, don't sweat. I don't understand it. When, after a show. Literally everyone in the band is like disgusting and I'm just dry as a bird and I'm just like <laughs> hugging and I'm just saying what's up to everyone. No one thinks I'm gross. And then everyone touches like Coley and he's like literally like swimming wet. Disgusting. The weird thing about Peloton is they have classes on there. They have like a death metal class. And I'm like, oh, I, I don't think them. Slayer intended for their music to be for the Peloton. But it, something tells me not. nobody created that music. For it that, helps so. me. It yeah. helps me. I like like all the rock ones and then it's like a bring me one and a, like all this stuff. It's like yeah. it's the best way to work out. It is. But kind of 
of bring it back for a moment. Being a rock band, 2023 in the U.S., what's that like for you? I mean, persistence is something, and, and the word persistence comes up when you think about being a rock band these days. If you're not like on it, hitting it hard 24/7, because rock is not, you know, the music of flavor this, you know, at the moment in the states, like you don't make it. So obviously, your work ethic really plays into this. So talk to me about the kind of work ethic you have to have to be a band like yours and going out on the road and you're doing it a tour with uh, Jaden coming up soon. Oh, yeah. So that's is that a van tour you do? Is that a tour bus? We're getting an RV. RV, okay. That's the sauce for Tell this Tell me one. about the tour life and what it's like going out on the road for you guys now. We just work our asses off. Like, yeah. genuinely, I think all of us want this so bad that there's just no other option. I love the saying that plan B is your plan A mm. um, because we don't have plan Bs. And sometimes Cole <laughs> takes plan B, <laughs> but, um, we're seven days a week. doesn't matter like what's going on. Like all of us are hustling our asses off. And when we're on the tour, Bardo is like still producing for other people and like making his craft perfect. And like, we're still just like doing everything in our power to make sure that this is what happens and showing ourselves to the world in every way we can. I think it's also contingent on a lot of different factors, but for us, especially it's like we refuse to forfeit control like we oversee just about every single thing that comes out of this world that we've built and so like you know not every artist is the same a lot of artists don't care about the business or don't even want to know about the business they just want to be like i play music and that's it right and so i guess it depends but for us yeah i mean we're so just psychotic about the way that we move and how we do things that we're like no we're doing it this way and it's gonna be all day every day and you're gonna fucking love it like I do our accounting. Wow, I love that. We just finally got a business manager, <laughs> but like I've been doing our like accounting. I do our <laughs> prostate exams. It's great. It's <laughs> <laughs> when you talk about Mark A and Ring the band, is he pretty active? Are you sending him songs every week? Yeah. Is he involved in the writing process on this new record that you're about to? We actually haven't on? written anything with him for the new one, but we send him stuff all the time, and he gives notes, and it's pretty cool. It's like it's actually I was talking about this last night with a friend. It was like it's this weird thing getting notes back from someone that you really look up to and admire and respect their opinion. And then it's equally as weird to disagree with that opinion. Mm. So when you disagree with them, what happens? So you, because ultimately, I mean, they're, they were like your favorite band for, yeah. Oh yeah. So, yeah. And, and of course, I mean, I mean, this, I can only speak for myself, but it's not like disagreeing, like you're wrong. It's more just like, oh, okay, interesting. I hear you. And I, but I think I, we still want to go a different direction on this one or like, okay, let's try it and just see what happens, you know? And it's just like, but it just beyond all of it, it's just having that sounding board of Mark and Pete to like go to and like ask questions is crazy, you know? And it's like, I think we're just immensely grateful for that for sure. And what's cool about having an A&R that's like done it versus like a suit is like, they understand that your vision matters to you and right. you're not just going to like fall victim to like whatever, like the label or like whatever, like the suits say they're like, they want us to see our vision through and just support it, which is the coolest situation to be in. He really does protect us. My favorite Mark moment in like a and r meeting was there's a song that like we rock with a lot of the, some other of the team didn't fully understand, but Mark is like, I get it. And we knew also Travis had heard it and fucked with it because it's like a song we did with Jaden, like we're going to be putting out before tour. And and um, <laughs> in this A&R meeting and, and Mark is like, everyone, everyone's discussing and Mark just hops on Zoom and he goes, well, I don't really know, but I do know I've been right 50 million times. <laughs> <laughs> and this song is awesome. <laughs> and everyone's just like, okay. Song's awesome. Yep, sure. The goat has <laughs> spoken. <laughs> All right. I don't think the world could have predicted what a huge tour that their tour coming up would have been. I mean, sold out everywhere. Massive. I think they're playing stadiums, right? Yeah. So yeah. they're doing everything in our power. I was to gonna try say, is, to there's, there's gotta be. I mean, you're on the guy's label. If you're listening, Mark, I think it makes sense, right? We gotta uh, gotta get the boys on some of those dates for sure. I still firmly believe. This is my pitch, guys. <laughs> There should be a Blink-182 by Jaden by BSD tour. It only makes sense. Yeah. Like two-thirds. And then, you know, Tom can sign his act, and then that'll be the, the other band, you know. But whatever. It's like, wouldn't it make sense to have a giant incestual family affair of, like, the we're rock? We're called the, the family road boys. trip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the Griswolds. <laughs> Take America. Daddy, please. <laughs> but, yeah, actually, like, 
I mean, I'm sure in terms of what is legitimate in reality, like we're probably up against some pretty hot shot contenders if there are any other slots open for for them on the tour. So, you know, how realistic it is, I don't know, but that doesn't mean we're not going to work our asses off to make it happen. So we'll see. Even if it's one show of the whole next two years of touring they have, I will still be so happy. Also, Turnstile is like my favorite band ever. So I'm like... Amazing band. Fuck. They really blew up this year, actually. We love oh, them yeah. so much. Oh, I love them. That's yeah. like my heart and soul. I've glow on tatted on my arm. <laughs> They're a huge fan. inspo for us. Yeah. My first introduction to you guys was the video for Almost Famous with Mark in the video. And the video is about Mark sort of teaching you how to be a rock band. Hey, don't wear this, wear this. And this is the way you do it. And smile. You're not smiling. And it's it's actually hysterical. And it's such a great video. Thank yeah. you. So the feedback you. from that video, what's it, what's it been for you guys? And I'm sure it's been incredible in the song. The song's one of my favorite songs that you do. Thank you. I yeah. think everyone like really likes it because we put a lot more like emphasis on just like the shenanigans than actually the music in the video, which some people are into and some people aren't. But like I love it because none of that was scripted. Mark is the best actor ever. And so like he just created this character named Todd that doesn't exist and <laughs> right, he's always like where's todd where's todd yeah the <laughs> whole time the whole day actually he's like todd and we're like there is no todd this he's is a he's a genius saying the way he riffs is wild same with p too i mean when we did like the whole ad campaign for assassin we put them at the table together and yeah. we're like okay cool you know do your thing oh my god the shit they were saying it's like how do you even think of that off top but yeah, it's it like, it trippy to see them sitting at a table together and we're like we did this like we we are the reason that <laughs> these two goaded bassists are sitting together at a table making stupid jokes together it does get me Pretty off cool. that like our mentors in this are both bassists and <laughs> it just it just shows the future for me you know yeah i think pete's <laughs> coming on the show soon they're getting ready to put out some new music and they've started that, i think yeah. they just played the other day actually at the forum yeah, but the name of the record actually came about from a tweet did it not yeah yeah it was uh well, I had seen the tweet the day before the session in my head. I was like, oh, my God, that is such an amazing concept. And it's so aligned with a lot of what I had been dealing with at the time. And so took it, used it. Don't know who to give the pub to. So because <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we wrote the song, we made plans with God and God laughed with Alex Gasgarth from All Time Low and Dan Book and Dan Book. Yes. Mm-hmm. And those was the only yeah, it was just them, too. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, but in that session, Alex was like, this would be a great album name, that that song. And we're just like, we're yeah. stealing it. Yeah, we just yeah. took it. We, <laughs> yeah. You beat him to the punch, because had you not, he probably would have used it He would have taken it. And he, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He puts out an album called We Made Plans and God Laugh. <laughs> we're like, oh. <laughs> Alex. It's funny. The video features like rock star energy drinks. And I know you're all into fashion. We were talking about it a bit before. And you all have kind of dabbled in modeling i think at some point yeah. right have you all modeled before yeah yeah to me the least i'm just kind of fucking flop around but beepus is like i've been on my modeling shit for a bit i, I mean you know. just you just shot with eddie slamane not long ago which is amazing that was the craziest thing oh. of my life so how important because i come from an era where it was all about like how you look to join a band i mean we would literally audition guys before like we didn't even ask them how if they were good players we're mm-hmm. like what do you look like yeah. I have long black hair and tattoo. All right, you're in the band. Yeah. <laughs> if you could play, that's a bonus. But yeah. how important is image to y'all, like and and fashion and brands and all the things that we were just speaking about it's before everything. the start of this? Yeah, I think image is very important to us. Yeah. Not on like a superficial level. I think like personality and being a good human is like the most important thing. But I think for us, you know, there's just especially living in LA, there's a lot to pull from and a lot of options and and just like for us art and fashion is just like it just goes together you know i think it's also the qualities that come with caring about the image right it's like there's like a certain level of vanity that you almost have to have to be able to like want to output content and want to create in the box of like modeling or you know whatever creative direction happens and so I think it's a pretty big element. But like he said, first foot forward is always just being a good human and being the best like collective group that we can to all the people around us. No question. But you look at back in the day and you look at the Stones and the Beatles and it was such a big part of their brand overall. So I feel like one of the reasons why I love you, like I was saying, is that it's there's an overall package here. The music's great, but you have the image to go along with it. And there's so many bands that are faceless and you some of the bands you mentioned along the way, I won't get into which ones, but mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you for the life of me what half these guys look like. Sure. And so I come from the era where it all had to fit and, and be a package together. I feel like there's more to just music that you want to do. I feel like there's probably acting and I'm sure there's 
besides producing, what else is there to accomplish as a band here? So we definitely all want to act for sure. So yeah. much, yeah. I'm super into fashion on the other side too. I'm, I have a brand I'm starting right now. and um, Can we talk about that? Is it the Beepus brand? Uh, yeah, it's called yeah. Beepus Inc. No, I'm just kidding. It's <laughs> actually, it's called Dumb Rubber. Um, I'm starting it with my girlfriend Royal. Awesome. And I just am so excited to like go on that venture because I always wanted to be a clothing designer. And so like I'm getting my foot finally into that door because I did all of our merch. Well, we all did it, but like I've like been really into like the the actual creation of the garments and all that stuff, and and I'm just diving harder. Did you into make that this, world. by the way? This is a cool. No, drive. this is I a custom like though. Is, I okay. stole it from my girlfriend. Um, <laughs> it says "rats or die" and stuff all over. It's literally like her custom one of one thing, and I just was like I'm stealing this. <laughs> we were talking about her a little bit. She's a friend of the magazine. I don't know when mm. there's something going on with her, but anyway. Oh yeah. Um, Talk about a little bit about your collaboration. You work with her a little bit on Starfucker, and I know she comes and out on stage with you, and yeah. she performs. And I feel like she's like almost like the fifth member of the band. Yeah. So and she, it, it's great to see her on this ride with you, and also having great success. Yeah, she's crushing it. She's an incredible artist. Um, very early on in our career, she took us on tour as her band, and that was Royal our, on the Serpent. Yeah, Royal on the Serpent. Yeah. Um, which was our first touring experience all together as Beauty School Dropout which was really cool being able to do that as her band because we like learned all like the intricacies of making sure just our only job was to make sure everything went well and just like support her. So I think it was like a boot camp. Like how do we tour together for someone else? We'd with... probably done two shows as BSD at that point too. So it really was like a catapult into the world of like big touring and seeing how we have to operate in order to achieve that, which was really, really cool. I think that put us at an advantage for sure. And she let us like play our song that we have t out together on her tour, which That's was awesome. so dope. And so like, we just got like a really good taste and we continue to collaborate. We have written songs with her and- Is she gonna be on the new record? No. No. Okay. Well, I don't know if she wants to. Yeah, she, <laughs> her, if she wants to. Sure. Yeah, if she yeah, wants I mean, to. And does she, does she, she live with you too? Well, see, I like to. I think I have two houses. <laughs> okay. I sleep at her house, and then I have an office, which is where the boys are. But I have two houses. It's a rich mindset, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I was down here. I think I went to one of her first shows in Brooklyn back in the day. Cause oh yeah, yeah. Atlantic Records brought me to her showcase there, mm -hmm. and uh, she was great. And it's great to see her rise to success and, and would you feel like you have the same community of fans that she does is it the same fan base there's so much crossover yeah it's actually so cool because everyone knows us and her together and like it feel like it's like a trade-off like if they find out about us they're guaranteed to find out about her and vice versa it's a very fortunate situation i love her to death we all love her we're all dating her actually it's pretty crazy <laughs> She's you actually have this amazing community of fans that you chat with all the time. You have a Discord, right? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. talk to me about your connection with the Beauty School Dropout fans because it's it's actually like you want to hang out with them. I mean, you, it probably goes beyond like what most bands do because I feel like you're really integrated with your fans. But talk to me about that connection you have with them. I think we're just all so aware of like what we wanted out of music growing up and, and like the best parts that we got out of it that we just wanted to provide that in the most ample way possible and like be able to provide the experience within the world of like connecting on a personal level and and like you know just as much for us we don't like we don't call our fans fans we call them fam like with an M just family, it's like right. part of the family you know <laughs> yeah. and, and uh, I think I can speak for all of us when I say like music saved our lives in one way or another and so to be able to provide that is super important for us. Um, I'm sure there will probably be a certain point where it's like you can only be so personal with so many people, unfortunately. But like, you know, for the time being, it's really fucking cool to see how supportive these people are and like how well they work together. Even last night, like I was in the Discord. I haven't been in because we've been so busy, but I was like, there's apparently a new user. I, everything's faceless, right? Like right. you don't know who a lot of, of these people are, but like there's a new user who's like, had some discussions that made other people in the community kind of like unfortunately uncomfortable and they expressed that to me and we've you know propagated some solutions in terms of like you know being like hey you know for the sake of the community like you're gonna have to like you're blocked chill out yeah yeah you're done you're done <laughs> yeah. chill no just being like yo like we need to make sure that everybody's stoked here and like actually feeling themselves otherwise like you know we're gonna have to banish you and did you banish <laughs> the them? Kingdom. Uh, <laughs> well, that will be determined today. Right. <laughs> but, uh, we, have, we have a trial. We have a whole judicial system in there. Yeah, yeah. The attorney. You can like apply for jobs in there. I'm the it's president. Crazy. He's the president. 
of the, <laughs> the dropout world. Yep. <laughs> the, Oops, the only, that was harder than I meant. <laughs> the only downside of it is like when you do get the the one every few fans who's just like a little too obsessed and mm. like takes that personal connection too far to where like when they're at shows they think they can just like you know whatever whether that's like touching you or trying to be a little too personal with you and you're just like yo like whether they're sleeping outside your house every day or something <laughs> yeah it's yeah a, yeah it's exactly. a little much yeah I, we're open with them though like, we just like straight yeah with i everyone. think it's just being a human and talking to people and i love it because we get to identify who is here from the jump because this is going to like like holy said there's gonna be a point where it's just so big it's hard to keep up with everything you know and it, it's like really cool to see who who were the first thousand kids that like really fucking came out and like showed love for this thing we're building when there's 500,000 kids and then you're just like cool I remember these ones you know yeah I love the fact that like every show you've done has been sold out but at certain point right maybe not every show will be sold out but at, to this point every single show you've done has been sold out I believe right? in LA yeah. in LA which is great so you're getting ready to go on this tour with Jaden coming up mm-hmm. you must be psyched last year was a big year for you Reading Leeds totally. this year you got Download Festival Metallica Slipknot that's gotta be like a we dream come true right more too, yeah we can't talk about it yet but although are you I metal guy I don't know if you're metal guys is that exciting for you like Metallica Slipknot I'm a metal guy I'm like punk hardcore metal through and through so I love that shit I, I have a metal palette yeah I'm, I don't love I like all metal. metal I, I respect palette. it I respect it yeah you know but that's got to be one of the highlights. Come, is there a highlight? Was Reading and Leeds your highlight last year? Oh, that was yeah, so definitely yeah, one of the yeah, biggest absolutely. highlights. Just going to the UK in general is like something we all like wanted to do. So that was super cool. And yeah. You got this tour with Jaden coming up. How does that friendship come about? Have you met him? Have you guys? That was also a pretty long history of events. But in short, Spark Notes, we pretty much started just being in each other's orbit throughout LA and kept landing in each other's. Uh, you know, point of view when we were at different parties or whatever, and and it took a few intros. Um, but finally we just like it was pretty weird timing. Uh, like him and I actually both lost pretty close friends around the same time, and mm-hmm. I think we were struggling with that. And then when we met, it just like the way that we were all able to like give each other support and comfort just became the friendship. And so since then, we've just grown super close. We work together. I mean fuck we're at his house or he's at ours almost every other day working on music and so it's been really cool to be able to explore that creatively as well as just like as people on a on a personal level outside our artistry and yeah i am beyond excited for the tour 2023 is going to be a big year for y'all let's talk about a little bit about the projects you have going on a little bit outside of the band because we talked about your clothing line which is really exciting and Apparently you're their next Virgil Abloh and you're like on it and he's actually it's hilarious to say that he's like my biggest inspo. I yeah. like am obsessed with Virgil. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently was, you just I was just filling him in on yeah, how you like just, you just like took the last month to become an absolute like branding wizard. Oh yeah. I've just been going ham. I'm I want the biggest brand. Like rude, off white, all that stuff is like R13, all that is like my biggest inspo. And so I just want to like be the next one to do it. I keep calling it Beepa Sync, but it, that's not the No, that's that. that's the that's <laughs> the working title. Yeah, right. that's the LLC. Yeah, that's yeah. That's what it all falls under. We'll probably launch a brand altogether eventually too. There's some some conversations, but I think for the time being, like he's so focused on dumb rubber, obviously gotta let that shine and and then um you know, all of us are kind of focusing on the things that we love the most as well. Yeah, to t- uh, talk to me about it a little bit, Barty. You were talking about producing and what you got going on outside of the band too. Yeah, I mean, I've been that's been my bread and butter. I like learned how to produce from a young age and just kind of I love it. I love the executive production aspect of things. I love shaping visions. I love like I actually work with my sister a lot on stuff. Um, she's an artist. She does like kind of like uh, acoustic pop, like. Stuff. Well, vibes. kind of T-Swizzle vibes, but I'm like now kind of getting more involved in shaping that in a way, and we're kind of taking that in a different direction. And then I also just did the Lauren Gray album with these boys too. Um, Great. And then yeah, working on uh, some stuff with Jaden for his his album. And I just you know we've done I mean we've all worked together on a million different things. We just kind of like it's a fun trade off to go from like your own music and then to get to like shift your brain into like 
someone else's world and like deliver their project. And it brings something else to the table because you work totally. with outside artists. It always brings something oh, else. Oh, totally. I think we're always stealing from people we work with too. Because yeah. like everyone brings something we're like, that was genius. We want that now. And and they steal from us too. And it's just, that's just, I think, how the world works. It's Stealing great. is good if you make it your own. Exactly. Right? You so know, the, the best, you know, like Picasso said, good artists copy, great artists steal. Exactly. We just try to steal. Yes. And Coley, anything you're stealing from the outside of the band that you're working on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he keeps um, rob he, robbing the 7-Eleven. Yeah, he's been, <laughs> A little petty theft. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah, constantly. To, to be real, we I do a lot of like my whole background is in uh, like film and cinema production and being like a PA on set and doing stuff like that, which led to a lot more event production. So uh, as of recently, I've been taking on a lot more like directing campaigns for brands. I want to get in front of the camera more too, whether that's modeling, acting. Dominantly is where I'm interested. I have a, actually my first meeting with UTA's commercial department next. What tomorrow? So awesome. we'll see how that goes. But um, I can see you guys being like Kiss, where you have like products that you know you're like the Kiss coffins, the Kiss condoms, the Kiss cookware. It's like yeah, it'll be all beauty school drop off products in the future, and we're, your own brands too. Yeah, so we're like the masterpiece of downtown LA. <laughs> <I love Yeah. that. laughs> we try to treat our merch as a brand too already, and so like we're just like we want to create worlds. Definitely. Yeah. Well, last but not least, something we always ask every guest is five albums that everyone should own. So I want to get into it with all of you here. So let's take it one by one. Five albums everyone should own. Oh, we get to do our each own five? Well, we're going to do five collectively. Okay, and we actually, we actually gonna... pre-play on this. We we agreed on five. Well, let's hear what you agreed on. Okay, we'll go first. Uh, Glow On, Turnstile. That it's album great choice. is just Amazing. beautiful. And then The Black Parade by My Chem. Mm -hmm. Just perfect. Mm -hmm. I won't spill them all. You can, you can say some. Carly? Sempaternal by Bring Me the Horizon, big one. And then what was the fourth? American Idiot by Green Day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And then the last one, Nevermind Nirvana. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Never. But an honorable mention, <laughs> Golden Hour by Casey Musgraves. <laughs> we told him. <laughs> Another great choice. We can have an honorable mention. That's so good. We came, we came prepared, um, and Bardo was like, that said that one. I was like, Bardo, you can say that as an honorable mention, because the other five we fully agree on. Well, the tour kicks off when? It kicks off very soon, I think. February twenty fourth, we play Ace of Spades in Sacramento. Amazing. And then we're on the road for eight weeks. Incredible. Well, if you haven't seen the band, go out and check the band. I got to come see the band. Yes. Sooner than later. Yeah. The record's great. You know, we made plans. God laughed at us. And so the, is there a title for the new record yet? Can we spill the beans or is it still being worked on? <laughs> we we got to finish it first. we got some work to do. Yeah, we got a lot of work to do. <laughs> well, either way, check out the band on tour. I'm excited to see you guys. It's great hanging with you. Thank you so You're much the best. for having us. Yeah, I so love much. having you. And uh, we'll see you guys soon. Appreciate it. We Thank love you. Scott. Awesome. Well, that was a blast. The boys in beauty school dropout. They have a slew of dates coming up all over the United States with Jaden. They are actually playing a bunch of festivals, too. So check them out if you get a chance on the Download Festival with Metallica and Slipknot. And I highly recommend you picking up their latest record that came out in August. We made plans and God laughed. Beauty school dropout. I appreciate you tuning in. If you like the show, as always, please make sure to rate and review the show. Five stars would be great. Theme music by Robbie Hoffman. We have an exciting lineup for you this year. And thank you again, once again, for listening, tuning in. Please tell a friend or a bunch of friends about the show. I appreciate it. See you soon. Hey, howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and Western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.